Hello and welcome back to Coins Grand Markets. We're here for our Friday wrap, welcoming back Nick Mancini, Chief Community Officer at Trade the Chain. Hi, Nick. Hello, hello. Nice to be here. How are you today? Very good, thank you. London uh, weather's turning a little bit better, so uh, no complaints. So it's been a bit of a quieter week in the markets after all the recent uh, kind of volatility, I guess, uh, sort of being stuck in a range. Um, do you want to maybe just touch on some of the news um, that we've seen out of the markets this week from uh, Twitter sphere? Yeah, so I think when we talked last week, uh, I think we had more news to cover than we had time for. I think, I mean, there was 10, 15, uh, you know, headlines that were out just suppressing mm. price and really pushing sentiment in wonky direction. So fortunately, just like you said, we've had a much cleaner week. Um, sentiment has been, you know, a little bit more flat than it was compared to previous weeks. Um, and pretty much the big news drivers, if you can even call them that this week, I'd say the biggest one was the IRS and the new rules around transactions greater than $10,000. Um, there's also a rule uh, in regard to how you pay 1099 contract workers as well. Um, so the IRS is beginning to clamp down on you know crypto transactions, although this isn't very bearish. I actually consider regulation bullish because it gives more individuals clarity about diving into this space. Yeah. Um, a few others were, you know, uh, Elon said he met with Bitcoin miners and then Raul Paul had tweeted about how strong the DeFi market was during the correction. Uh, we'll get into that later, but basically DeFi did not implode um, when the correction happened and centralized finance did implode multiple times when previous corrections have happened. So um, this is, I, I honestly consider a lot of this, this news bullish rather than bearish this week. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I mean, a couple. The, the thing that Raoul Powell uh, touched on, which was interesting, um, that you know, we saw one last March when there was <clears throat> the um, uh, meltdown in markets in general due to the COVID panic, and um, um, yeah, we've seen it again. These, especially for DeFi, uh, these big market moves, although they're not <laughs> not necessarily what you want as traders and investors all the time, but. Um, as a stress test on the technology itself, they do prove uh, or provide some very interesting metrics. And we did see the whole DeFi ecosystem hold up uh, pretty well. Uh, liquidations were man managed correctly uh, and, and nothing broke. So I think that's, that's a really important takeaway. Maybe a couple of other positive signals this week. Um, you know, other, some big names, Goldman Sachs put out their kind of report on uh, now, uh, finally saying that they, do potentially consider crypto um, as an asset class in its own right. Carl Icahn saying that his fund may well be starting to invest in the space. So look, we'll see. Maybe there's uh, some uh, green shoots out there after all the recent panic, um, but time will tell. Um, so yeah, let's start looking at some of your charts around sentiment. Uh, what you guys look at, trade the chain. Let's do it. Um, so the first chart that we have today is based on sentiment, and this is our homebrew. This is our bread and butter at Trade the Chain. Um, this is basically what our community uses to, to gain a, a bunch of alpha uh, day over day. So what we're seeing right now, and, and um, if you recall the, the the chart from last week, it was it was pretty crazy. I mean, it was down, it was up, there was red, there was green. So this week we're seeing more green, um, and this kind of uh, works in with the narrative of you know or the, the price action that we've been seeing is. 
35 caught. It's obviously been volatile, but we have been, we, we've been, you know, neutral bullish, meaning we're not really going down. We're still trying to find support and try to push up. Um, and sentiment is reflecting that. Um, we can see um, around beginning on the 25th of May, we had a head and shoulders form on sentiment. You can see sentiment dipped along with price. Now we've got a bit of an inverse head and shoulders forming um, on the sentiment charts and we're expecting price to kind of catch um, you, along with sentiment at this, you know, 35K level. And, and, and coincidentally, I didn't share the Ethereum chart, but the Ethereum chart looks very much like Bitcoin, except uh, sentiment has already gone up. Um, uh, whereas Bitcoin is kind of in this period of, you know, what do I want to do based on price action? So seeing Ethereum move up with Bitcoin kind of looking, you know, very similar price charts, very similar sentiment charts, um, you know, very good sign for sentiment for the large caps heading into a, you know, a, a U.S. holiday weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And um, how does that carry through onto the actual technicals on the charts themselves? We look at yeah, good question. So I think, you know, sentiment is best blended with technical analysis. Um, and the technical analysis here, like I said previously, we're seeing an inverse head and shoulders, as you can see by the, the squiggly lines. Um, it's basically a, a man upside down. You can see his head and his two shoulders. Generally, this is seen as a bullish formation. So um, we previously, the bottom was 30, you know, that was a wick, then we caught at 35, then we kind of went down to 32. Now we're catching at 35 again. Um, and so if we catch here and liquidity book or the liquidity levels on the order book are actually solid enough to keep us around the 35k level, we should begin to push up. And I actually built the chart that you're looking at, you know, probably 45 minutes ago. Price, uh, Bitcoin price is actually up $1,000 in the 36k range since I created this chart. So we're already seeing the price action that we wanted to see based on the sentiment chart. Um, and this is very positive, obviously going into the weekend. You, you worry a lot about sentiment, price action, and volume in a in a U.S. holiday weekend because U.S. drives a lot of trading volume. But fortunately, crypto is twenty four seven, and a lot of the market makers know that as well. So um, we may see a decrease in volume this week, but uh, I expect the thirty five k range to hold based on what I'm seeing on the technicals. Yeah, we've just had that strong bounce, as you say. So let's see. We go. Does um, for for people that might not be familiar with these uh, chart patterns and signals. Um, what indication does this, if this pattern holds and proves correct, what indication does it potentially give about price targets on the upside? Yeah, so inverse head and shoulders, especially one that's been pretty much forming for over a week is, you know, the longer the formation, the more bullish the explosion or bearish uh, the explosion would be. In this case, inverse head and shoulders is more often than not uh, bullish. So we're going to perceive it as bullish, even though volume is decreasing because we have other strong indicators like sentiment, like um, order book liquidity and things like that. So a price target, you know, what we'd want to see, um, you know, with a clean inverse head and shoulders break is basically that 41K level flipped into support. So right now, 41K is basically what we call the neckline. So my head and shoulders, you know, this is my neckline. Um, if the price breaks that neckline, which is 40K and turns, or 41K, and turns 41K into supports, that is extremely strong for a bullish continuation. Um, that's exactly what you wanna see. And if you're gonna play this, you know, a little bit risky, you can obviously play it here, play up to the neckline. Um, but if you are gonna try to play this in a very bullish maneuver, like throwing a long or a big spot trade, I would wait to see 41K flip to supports. And then that's when you go long because that's basically your Falcon X, you know, your SpaceX launch pad right there. 41K, boop, and then it launches up. So that's what we wanna see.
Okay, let's see what happens over the next week. Uh, I'm sure the market won't just stand still, so something's going to happen. <laughs> I, I would like it for it to listen to me, um, but uh, you know it doesn't always work out 100%, but I, I, I'm feeling good about this formation. Good, good. Okay. Um, so we touched on this again last week. Um, Bitcoin's dominance, obviously, with the explosion of new coins coming into the market, I think over 10,000 are listed on CoinMarketCap now. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, you know, everyone looks at the Bitcoin dominance chart. Part of that is, you know, the relative strength of other major networks such as Ethereum and some of the other uh, challenges on smart contracting platforms or, or networks. Um, but also there's an argument that, you know, if you keep issuing new tokens and people give them some value, that's always going to dilute the total market dominance of Bitcoin. So I think uh, that needs to be reflected. Uh, but we've seen a bit of a turnaround. So let's look at this chart on Bitcoin dominance. Yeah, so Bitcoin dominance is worthwhile in terms and talking about in every conversation. I love it in terms of sentiment because it obviously can show Bitcoin's effect and it kind of Bitcoin's you know sentiment impact on the rest of the market, how the movements and, and price action are, are affecting altcoins as well. So if big generally, you know, if Bitcoin is skyrocketing, then alts are either either neutral or kind of faltering a little bit as Bitcoin picks up market share and liquidity. Um, so seeing Bitcoin, seeing the Bitcoin dominance uh, finally catch uh, just below 40% and then actually rise into the 40s before catching around, I think we're around the 43, 44% level right now, is very interesting because we saw the correction and everything dropped, but Bitcoin gained more market share, meaning that alts took a stronger hit for the most part than Bitcoin overall. Now it's not true for every alt, but obviously for the broader market. So if we're looking at Bitcoin potentially having a bullish setup um, and you're holding, you're probably very exposed to altcoins after the past year, DeFi summer, we had an interesting winter, you know, it's been very good for altcoins. So it's not like it's bad to hold them, but you should be aware of the impact of Bitcoin if it does go crazy or things happen quickly. So with Bitcoin dominance sitting at about 44%, we've got resistance at about 45%. And if it goes above 45%, then it will be perceived as a bullish continuation, which means Bitcoin will continue to get stronger against the broader market. Now, if we, if we see this trend basically go north, you know, bullish, then alts will likely have a, a suppressed US dollar value, meaning if Bitcoin does 50%, alts may not do 50%, um, or, and uh, alts will have a a weekend BTC value, meaning if even if altcoin USD values are going up incrementally, their BTC value will not go up in proportion to their USD value. A lot of, and, you know, this depend this, this goes into a lot of profit margins for a lot of traders, depending on the currencies they like to trade in and out of. So this is a very important uh, perspective, especially for derivatives traders, for options traders, for people placing bets far into the future. If we think Bitcoin dominance is going to be strong for a month, then why bet on altcoins when I should be betting on Bitcoin? So this, this is a very interesting kind of beginner perspective if you're, if you're about to place very large bets or you know, buy in large amounts. So uh, we, we can't say one way or the other, but seeing it catch, seeing it potentially rise and seeing it near uh, resistance is, is a bit worrisome if you're an alt holder probably in the next you know, one to two months. Okay, we'll keep an eye out on that one too. So finally, um, just let's touch on the DeFi market. What's been going on there and uh, what's uh, sentiment telling us? You can't talk about crypto without talking about DeFi these days. Um, so DeFi is basically running Ethereum or Ethereum is running DeFi, but you can't talk about Ethereum without talking about DeFi. So 
Um, especially coming off the heels of Bitcoin dominance, you know, what is going to happen with the DeFi markets, considering that was the big kind of altcoin narrative for the past six to 12 months. So we're seeing DeFi actually kind of catch and is, is moving very similar to Ethereum's pattern. So if you're looking at um, DeFi net value locked, it's actually going to follow a very similar price chart compared to Ethereum. But looking um, past all the noise and the price action, let's just look at market growth in, in just a short span of three months. Even with the correction uh, baked in, DeFi has grown in terms of net value locked 80% in three months with the correction. Now show me any other asset that dropped 40% and still grew 80% um, in three months. So uh, it's, it's just kind of astronomical. And we, we talked about Raul Paul about how um, he kind of allowed it or tweeted out that, you know, DeFi did not implode, DeFi worked. CeFi has imploded multiple times in the past decade um, or two decades, I should say. And, you know, DeFi working through over collateralization and the DeFi money Legos, whatever you want to call it, um, it, it, it's functioning. So talking about sentiment, talking about the DeFi narrative, even though Bitcoin dominance is rising, DeFi is still going to be a strong mainstay in the market because of this narrative. Everyone is realizing, oh my gosh, I can put my money into DeFi because if everything drops 50%, I'm not going to lose everything. You know, I'll obviously get hurt on the trade if I'm, if I'm you know, on the other end, but I'm not going to lose all my money. I'm not going to lose all my collateral. My life won't end. That is a huge sentiment signal to the market. And I think we're going to see a lot more DeFi growth coming, even if Bitcoin continues to grow in dominance. Excellent. Nick, um, that wraps it up for this week. Thank you, as always, for your insights and your thoughts. Um, you have a good weekend, and we look forward to speaking to you again next week. Thanks so much for the time, Paul. It was a pleasure. Talk soon.